Um, so, yeah, as I record this, I've just finished the Umbrella Academy season two. <laughs> Is this me talking about the Umbrella Academy season two? No, it couldn't possibly be me talking about the Umbrella Academy season two. But if you haven't seen it, I suggest you should go watch it. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty great. Uh, I think it's worth it. I don't know what I'm saying. I just, uh, I'm kind of still reeling from the end of it. I don't really, I'm not okay. I think that's one of the main points that I need to make right now. Um, I have, this is, uh, this is not about the Umbrella Academy season two, but I would like it to be more than anything because I need to experience something about it so I'm, I have closure at least um but I would not know what to say I mean I can say like haha this happened haha sparrows they had me I can say all of that stuff but I cannot um put anything into words you know I had such when I first watched the first season I had such a good theory that Ben was living in some sort of medium, some sort of purgatory before going up to heaven and I think I was kind of right but it was different. I thought the monster, the horror inside of him had consumed him to live in because in the comics it was said that he did not have um, the horror living inside of him but instead he had a portal to a dimension of monsters inside of him. And that's why he was able to unleash the horror. And that's where he went when he died. He Well, he didn't die. He was consumed. And it seems like dying. And that's why Klaus could see him. But that's also why he could age. And that's also why he wasn't probably wearing the clothes that he was wearing when he died. And all of that stuff. And why he seems real. Like, why by class could see him when he was sober it was a different type of death it was the type of death that literally only he could be a part of uh realize that's not the case now i'm glad they gave us some answer to why to the whole deal with ben way sad about it uh hating what's gonna happen hating hating it but they knew that if, okay, there's so many spoilers of Umbrella Season 2 and I haven't even, this isn't even what the episode's about, but they knew that they they could not kill off Ben because he is the reason that a lot of people are watching um, and they did kill him off, so they had to bring him back last minute, uh, but not him, some, like, other guy who isn't called Ben but looks exactly like Ben but, like, more rebellious. Anyway, um, I love Ben. I don't know what's happened. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm very scared of Umbrella Academy season three, but I desperately can't wait. I desperately want to watch it, please, soon. And my dad might do the premiere because there's one thing that you will not know about me is that my dad goes to a lot of premieres and he went to the premiere of Umbrella Academy season one and um, I got a free t-shirt and a free umbrella, and he chatted to Ellen Page for a bit, and then, fun little fun fact about me, my dog is called Juno, named after the film Juno, of which Ellen Page stars in, and my dad, 
like was chatting to her and then when he came home he was like yeah I met Ellen Page do you know her and I was like oh yeah the person in Juno and he just stopped dead he stared at me around the face he was like shit I forgot <laughs> I yeah so you you forgot his favorite film he forgot that Ellen Page starred in it and it was really stupid and he had a whole conversation with her and everything and he she said he said that she was very, very small, which I appreciate from her. Anyway, I have so many things to say about Umbrella Academy, but I don't even know, I don't know what they are. I just know that I have to say something. Um, yeah, definitely my favourite bit in the whole show is the uh, Olga Frog. <gasps> I love it. Oh my god. Okay, just don't stop. Okay, this, okay. I'm kind of struggling right now because I literally I finished it. I put turned my computer off. I I like washed out the plate that I was carrying my pie on, and now I'm back here and I'm recording this episode, and I'm kind of crying because it has nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. Anyway, I'm gonna. Anyway, this is all. This is all the intro. But, um, yeah, um, I'm going to talk about uh, my favourite film probably ever. And I might go more into it in a different episode, but I wanted to clear this up because a lot of people have been using it as an example for something. And that is why, if you've read the title, by Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is not... An example of a manic pixie dream girl, even though everyone seems to um, insist that she is and use her as examples on, on their TikToks, on their like film TikToks. Also, side note, there is sunlight coming in my blinds right now and it is gorgeous. I feel like I'm in an ice cream factory in France or a little ice cream shop, a little petite little chopped up hazelnuts on top of my ice cream. And I don't know, there's some sandstone work around the area and maybe the chiming of the bells can be heard in the distance anyway um yeah imagine that one scene from um parasite but the house is like 300 times less expensive and it's just one tiny window but it's nice okay maybe you'll um realize a suitable difference in quality of this filming of this episode i don't know why um because i'm still i still don't have any any type of microphone i don't even own headphones there is no mic in sight and that makes it difficult for me to film anything record anything i don't know the um lingo sort of but i'm talking about my favourite film today and I'm really really excited about it so um literally anyone who knows me will know that um will know that I love the film Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in fact anyone who knows me will know that I love Jim Carrey in general and Kate Winslet a family friend of ours just adds to the whole enjoyment of the film is so good when I first watched this film my parents said that they never really liked Kate Winslet and then they watched this film and they 
realized that she was actually someone worth befriending. And then we went to her wedding, and that was just a whole different type of... <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It was just a very, very strange time. But um, uh, Eternal Sunshine's as well as mine was something different to anything I'd ever seen before. I'm a big, big fan of not exactly meta films, but films that kind of test what the the camera works of not the camera work but the editing the styling and the way that it's done so one example of that is probably the one that most people would know is is Birdman where everything is done in a single shot it's not a single literal shot um because that couldn't happen which would just be a normal technique but they've decided to edit it like a single shot which means that they've put thought in making it different and even me, not the biggest fan of the film Birdman itself. I mean, it's definitely good. I can dis- I can say that it's good, but um, it's it's definitely not um, uh, my favorite film. Anyway, I like films that kind of push the boundaries of what is real and what isn't within the camera work. And one of my favorite examples of the film is being John Markovich. John Markovich, I love. Um, if I could name three actors right now that I loved, it would be Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, and John Markovich. Um, they're all men, but th- I those are the three male actors. Um, but anyway, um, uh, being John Markovich because it kind of, it, it it kind of well I don't really know what it does, but it's certainly one of the most creative films I've ever seen in my life, and it really does tell the story quite well with the editing. I thought it would be different from what it was when I first watched it, but I'm really getting off track here. Um, Clementine, the name that I want to either name my cat or my child, um, is one of my favourite characters in the whole film, Eternal Sunshine of the Sports Mind, and one of my favourite characters ever. And I love her, and everyone in that film and every one part of that film and that film I love it so much it's not my favorite film ever but I would like to think that it kind of is it's definitely top three um but as the title suggests we're not talking about how much I love this film even though I would want to more than anything we're talking about Clementine herself and how she is um projected as being a manic pixie dream girl which is one of the techniques of film thrown around out there just everywhere recent i found it more recently that it's become sort of a thing that people actually talk about manic pixie dream girls and i think uh, that's because the renaissance of film has not the renaissance i don't think i can really talk but um loving film has become sort of a more prevalent thing and right now probably because there's a quarantine going on and nobody has anything better to do but I had been I had started to um hear more people talk about Scott Pilgrim um which is a, a very interesting topic of conversation especially for people who identify themselves as being either Ramona Flowers or Scott Pilgrim as both red flags um but also um 500 Days of Summer um, with Summer being another example of a manic pixie dream girl, and obviously Ramona Flowers being a manic pixie dream girl. There's also a lot of, a whole lot of other examples, but I think Clementine, Ramona, and Summer are the main three people that 
people stick to. They're the they're the popular three. They're the ones that you can easily say, oh, they dye their hair and they're excited about things and they do things quickly on instinct and that makes them a manic pixie dream girl. I think even out, out of that list, out of those characteristics, the person that stands out is not Clementine, who actually I don't consider to be a manic pixie dream girl, but it is actually Ramona Flowers who seems more conserved with her emotions and not really able to deal with them um not that any of them are able to deal with their emotions but she doesn't seem as outward with them as clementine and summer does i mean even the beginning of the film when we see the end of um clementine and joel's relationship we see her get angry irrationally and go off and do things and crash cars and we realize that she acts on instinct and then we we see her to say let's just go to see the ice in the beginning and let's just go back home and, and she disregards Patrick who's her boyfriend at the time um, and because she works on instinct she doesn't work on thinking about things she works on what she wants to do and that's what she wants to do that's probably one of the reasons why Clementine is such an interesting character she was the first out of all of these I think she was the first actually I'm not sure because I know that um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind came out in 2004, even though it seems a lot older than that. And it seems a lot older than um, 500 Days of Summer and Scott Pilgrim as well, but I'm not actually sure where it falls within the timeline. But she... Oh, I can't remember what I was talking about, but I know that she's one of the forefront because she has dyed hair and she wears funny clothes and she wanders around and she's very outward and bright and she's very... Um, if I've forgotten the word for this, you know, in, oh my goodness, ex- extroverted, she's very extroverted, just like a manic pixie dream girl would be. Um, unfortunately, people have described me as a manic pixie dream girl, which I'm realising may be true, <laughs> and I don't want to be all um, outward with my personal life right now, but I do have a terrible habit of doing whatever I want to do and then people are friends with me when they realize and then they realize that I've made them a better person they leave me alone because they don't need me anymore and that is one of the main traits of manic pixie dream girl I'm just going to read out the definition right now um a manic pixie dream girl is a stock character type in films um They have no discernible inner life and usually exist only to provide the protagonist some important life lessons and they are gone after that because that's their job. That's what they do. They help the protagonist realise that their life shouldn't be controlled by work or their life shouldn't be controlled by worry or their life shouldn't be controlled by their seven evil exes. Um or whatever Scott Pilgrim was trying to do, I still have no idea. But um, Clementine, the whole point of the film was that she she wasn't a manic pixie dream girl because she does have a discernible inner life, although we don't hear much about it. She makes it very clear. And she exists because she's important to the protagonist. The protagonist can't get rid of her Manic Pixie Dream Girls, their definition is to create a world that this character realises that they can live in, and then that's it. 
that character has learnt the lesson of the film. That's the moral of the film. Be happier with who you are, or whatever the films are trying to do. But with Clementine, she... We, I, another reason why Eternal Sunshine is Eternal Sunshine, I'm just going to say, is so good is because it works backwards and we learn about her whole life and we see the differences between her with the changing colour of her hair and we realise she's, she's irrational and then we go back and she's spontaneous and then we go back and, we, and it's almost the opposite of when you're in a relationship. Like, you, when you're in a relationship and it starts to end, you fall out of love with all of the things that you fell in love with in the beginning and spontaneity just seems irrational and then we work backwards and we realise that this irrationality may have been the thing that brought her down but it was also the thing that brought them together and um, that's why I don't think that she's a manic well that's not why I don't think that she's a manic pixie dream girl because she's important to the characters and she realises and he realises that he can't live without her like he he can't learn his lesson and move on because his lesson is redundant as soon as she leaves. I mean, Clementine is um, such a good character. She's amazing. She's whimsical and she's quirky and she's sometimes eccentric. And I'm reading the definition of Manic Pixie Dream Girl right now. And she saves the male protagonist from himself, but she puts herself into the, the character's life. This is one of the sentences that describes Manic Pixie Dream Girl right here. She usually aids in his transformation without ever showing any real agency of her own. But that's not true, because she's the most... She's the character with the most agency. She's the character that got rid of him first. And then she he got rid of her in this whole sequence where we realise that he desperately needs her. And then they do it all again even though they know, even though they know that it's going to be different. It's not going to be different, I mean, even though they know that it's not going to work out again. Because they're important to each other without learning anything. (laughs) It's not rude to say that they didn't learn anything, but they didn't. I mean, they did. They definitely learnt something, but Clementine and Joel together bring back, they're pushed back and back together over and over again, well, only twice again, but that, (laughs) I don't even know what to say, you know, I love Clementine. But I don't think that she's a good example for a manic pixie dream girl because she's free-spirited and she's zany, but she's, she's more than that. She's connected. She has agency of her own. That's all she has. And it proves that they actually need each other instead of feeling like they've done, like they've changed because of her and then just let her go. So, yeah. Um, 
Manic Pixie Dream Girl, first of all, I think is a stupid trope, and I know that that's kind of mean. It's not mean, but she's, she's, oh, I can't remember what I was saying. That's stupid. I'm going to read out this tiny quote from someone that I found that also believes that she isn't a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Um, so much more that the film's success was due in part to exploring the complexity of loving a character like Clementine with tremendous care, tenacity and depth. It's depth. That's what we find that we love about her. We love, we manage to see every single intimate moment with her. And that creates depth more than any of these other characters, more than Ramona Flowers and more than Summer. And I'm going to tell that, um, that quote was from, um, a, an article on Mary Claire by Hallie Gold. So thank you, Hallie Gold. Um, but anyway, (laughs) credit or credit to you. Um, I agree with you also. Um, that's what we find through the memories and I think if we were to show memories of Summer and Ramona there there would not be much because the only memories that we get of them is Scott wanting something more than knives and whatever his name is no one likes him in 500 days of summer just changing for the better and learning to love it's silly it's silly I don't like the trope I don't like the trope because I don't like a person that isn't really a person changing someone. Because Ramona Ramona and Summer deserve depth. They deserve something more than what they get, which is nothing. They They get to be a dream girl. They get to not be real. They get to be manic without consequence. They get to be pixie. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe the dyed hair. That's why most people think that Clementine is a manic pixie dream girl. Because of her dyed hair. And I just want everyone to stop thinking that. Because you can dye your hair to provide significance of time in a memory. Or because you like blue hair. Instead of whatever they tried to do with Ramona. I know they were trying to copy... They weren't trying to copy Ramona, obviously, with them. Because the comments showed her with dying hair. But that doesn't mean that you're a manic pixie dream girl. If you want your hair to be different colours. It's just something that I got annoyed at a lot. With everybody saying that... Um, Clementine... I know that this episode is just as bedraggled as them all. Because I don't know what I'm doing ever. But, um... Yeah... <laughs> Um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not really sure what to do for, I could, for, um, the playlist today. Um, (laughs) because I, I do want to do it, but I also want to do another episode on, um, Eternal Sunshine. But I did a playlist for Donnie Darko, even though Chirita Chan was not what I wanted to focus my whole, um, procedure on. I don't know if procedure is the correct word, but, um, um, yeah, so I think I will do it, the playlist, I'm not sure if there are many actual songs, I know that there's, um, 
Everybody's Got to Love Sometime, which actually is one of my Desert Island discs, because uh, I love it a lot, and my dad plays it all the time, and I think it really hits hard, because it's a really good song, and you should listen to Beck. People should listen to Beck more, and people should also listen to, um, actually I'm not going to say right now, I'm probably going to put it in the playlist, but it's a few more songs that I like that, and also you should appreciate Clementine, because she did she was completely and utterly herself and she helped Joel but she didn't help Joel for Joel she helped Joel for them she helped Joel for both of them she changed him because she was good already and when she was being a dick he changed her it's mutual she isn't a manic pixie dream girl they may be a manic pixie dream couple which break up and then get back together and break up and get back together because they know that they're kind of meant to be together even if it will end up with tears but isn't don't put this on clementine she does she deserves more than that she deserves recognition for the depth of her character and she, and i'm gonna make everyone see it okay as always there will be a link in the description for uh, like a whole document with all the petitions and articles and place to donate that you should sign for Black Lives Matter movement and um, I encourage you to do all of those things and maybe you, I also encourage you to be a nice person yeah that's what I'm encouraging you to do today um, I could not find as you'll soon see the Beck version of Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime, which was used in the film, which I think will be a recurring theme as I can't find it anywhere. I don't know where it's gone. It's It genuinely is nowhere to be found, but I'm sure we can all get over that. And still, I'm annoyed. I'm actually very annoyed, but I'm still, can, I'm sure we can still enjoy the song as other people sing it, um, because it's a good song. I know he didn't even do the original, I just prefer his version most out of all of those, so I've always kind of liked Beck. Um, so yeah, um, it, other than that, I hope you all have a good day. I'm not, uh, um, if you're listening to this at the end of the day, at exactly midnight, I do hope that um, that minute or so is wonderful. Maybe you uh, crack a smile. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what people do when they're happy. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I hope you all have a good day. That was not very funny. I don't know why I laughed that hard. I think it's just... Um, I don't know. The fact that I'm sat here in a dark room right now with no sunlight pouring through the blinds anymore and just kind of... It's very damp darkness um it doesn't it's fine <laughs> it's fine i'm fine um uh next week who knows what i'll talk about i said i i said i'd talk about a lot of things but that doesn't happen ever so um i really really do apologize for that but i just remember things that i want to say halfway through the day and i'm like well I, I can't talk about hot fuzz anymore because i have to talk about this now um, who knows what I'll talk about next. Maybe I'll talk about Captain Fantastic, like I said I would years ago. Not years ago, but close. Um, because I do have a lot of things to say about it. A lot of 
fun little things that I thought about, but maybe I won't talk about it. Maybe I'll talk about something completely different. Maybe next week I won't even talk about a film. I'll talk about my day, and you guys aren't going to have to listen to me being angry that my sister got to go to Wales for a week in a little camper van whilst I have to stay at home and look after my dog, even though I love my dog. And I'm looking at my dog right now, and she's asleep, and I'm glad because I didn't really want her to hear that that slander. Anyway, I don't really know why I'm getting off topic. I don't even know what the topic is, but I hope you have a good day. Yeah. Um, I hope you have a good day next day, tomorrow, or the day after. Hope you have a great week, even. <laughs> Who knows? You should watch a bunch of films, because they're always good. And even though I hate watching films, I like afterwards, when I finish the film. I like having the film to think about, but not having to watch it again. You know? Do you know? <laughs> Does anybody know? I hate, I hate watching films. <laughs> I hate watching films so much, but I like thinking about them. Um, yeah, so, goodbye.